The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3 minus 2, but this week we're going to add one. Um, it's common core, folks. It's what happens here in this galaxy far, far away. Um, it is Derek and myself. Mike, Ken is off. Uh, somehow his ship got infested with Gundarks and is off battling Gundarks. So... Good luck to him. Hopefully he's back next week. But joining us in at the Smugglers Guild uh, is our friend from the toy book, the toy insider, the pop insider. And it's the rock father himself, James. How's everyone doing? Doing good. How are you guys doing in a galaxy far, far away? Besides being brain fried, like we were talking about before show, I'm doing all right. And almost, almost hate to say it, but this is the last official partnership show under the old partnership. There's been some changes. We're not going to get into it, but in the future, I'm sure we will be back with appearing on the pop insider in the future. Once, right once things get back to a, a normal scenario again, because I know you guys have been run ragged this whole time being short staffed and everything else because of pandemic. I mean, I knew, I, I knew it hit you guys hard, but I didn't realize it hit you guys that hard. Did you? Well, with everyone working from home and. Oh, see, see, I'm in a different scenario because I've been working from home for 15 plus years. So, um, yeah, so the, the staffing, you know, was a bit of a change, but I mean, we pulled off for the last, some uh, amazing, know, what some are we amazing. going on now? 15 months? Yeah. COVID-19 yeah. We're publishing uh, the toy book. We're publishing the Pop Insider. We're publishing the Toy Insider, two gift guides a year there yep. and doing TV um, and all of that stuff. Um, so, I mean, the, the whole crew has done a hell of a job because yes, you um, guys have. You know, most of the folks were not used to working from home in the way that I am. Um, and I, I mean, I put in minimum 60 hours a week, um, sometimes significantly more depending on what we've got going on. And it's, I'm, I'm just used to it because I've always been doing it. Um, 
So uh, there is always things going on. And um, yeah, eventually we'll go back to like the uh, the live events portion has been a little bit different because yep, yep, there have yep, not been yep. uh, the conventions. And still, even though they're starting up later this year, um, we're not necessarily going to be taking part in the big ones with the presence. We'll kind of see how it happens. I mean, we still have we have two events we put on ourselves as Sweet Sweet and Holiday of Play. We're still doing those. But um, when it comes to like the bigger stuff, like the, the, the sort of ass end of this year is stacked with. Um, there's going to be a version of New York Comic Con, a version of San Diego, a version of Emerald City, yeah. a version of yeah. C2E2, and they're all going to come up between October and December, and no one knows how those are going to play out yet. So I think it's going to be a bit of a wait and see, and we'll we'll see what's up um, and, and kind of go from there. But uh, on the Star Wars note, it's pretty sweet because we just heard that Celebration's getting moved up a bit it, it had been pushed back to next august and now it's uh, moved up um earlier in the year i think it's going to be may of 2022 yeah, i believe memorial weekend uh, so that's a positive thing that uh stuff is sort of moving in the right direction so when it comes to fandom uh, there's plenty of stuff going on it's just a big difference in how things uh how things go but in, in terms of like what we do you know my my principal role is uh, on the toy book side and always has been. So, you know, I, and I've, I've taken on a bigger role on that side this year. So uh, it, it's been a, a lot of work over the pandemic, but uh, it's been a lot of fun and people have done a lot of cool, cool stuff. Well, sp- speaking of cool stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> and we're talking about games, talking collectibles. We haven't done this with any of you guys on any of the shows, so I'm going to throw it out here now. Did y'all ever cover the Family Feud games? Well, I mean, we covered that, uh, you know, when I was writing the Friday show notes that, that you were playing Smuggler's Family Feud on the show. Well, um, well, guess what? You get a chance to play. <laughs> see what see what Ken's missing. <laughs> Don't you feel lucky? <laughs> so, um, we figured we'll see how the game, how the Toy Master does against against the. Uh, I'm sure I haven't done these before. Nope, haven't. See how the the Toy Master does against uh, a smuggler. So, James, I got three cards here. One, two. Yeah. Or three. Uh, I'll I'll just cut it down the middle and go with two. All righty. A popular choice. It is a very popular choice. So we're going to go back and forth. You know, I still haven't gotten this recorded. But hey, now that I got <laughs> a new microphone from Cat Audio, I should ought to record this. Um, so basically, we're going to go back and forth. Each round, either get an answer, get a strike. Person with the highest answer, in the case of a tie, highest answer wins. Um, and a tie comes from either running the card or both sides get a strike in the same, or get three strikes in the same round, third strike in the same round. Obviously, if one team, one side gets three strikes, the other side doesn't, the team without the three strikes wins. So, five answers on the board. Name a character who was friends with Luke Skywalker. And James, you get to start first. All right, we'll go with Obi Wan Ben Kenobi. Number three. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Biggs. Number two. Number two. 
Interesting. I'm going to go with uh, C-3PO. Strike one. Hmm. Uh, how about Han Solo? Number one answer. Really? Which I find a bit of a surprise. I'm surprised yeah. it's, it's, Han, it's Han and not Biggs at number one. I guess I'm going to have to go with the, the green Muppet, Yoda. <laughs> Not saying your answer is a bad answer because you're 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 definitely thinking on track, but it's just not what the people thought. Back to you, Derek. Who are these people? Um, Have you ever watched the in the street segments on any of the late night talk shows? That's who these people are. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, R2D2. Really? See, I'm thinking droids aren't allowed. Yeah, you so might be right. right. Because if three PO was out and R two's out, think about think about the movies. Who spent the most time with Luke Skywalker? R two D two. He's yeah, riding his yeah. damn ship across yeah. multiple movies. Yeah. In the Mandalorian, he's still with him. Yep. Yeah, but he's not a friend because he because he's because he's a droid. This is uh, who made this game. I don't remember the uh, anti droid coalition. I was gonna say this is. I don't remember who made this game. So it's back to you, James. See, this is where this is where it's going to get stupid. I'm a, because if I say mm-hmm. Princess Leia, because it's a sister, does it count as a friend? So I'm going to go with Leia, just because I'm wondering what these people would have said. Number four. <laughs> it's okay. Only well, nine. Then, pe- only nine people <laughs> said Princess Leia. How, how many answers are left? One. Uh, I guess on that note, I'll go with Chewie. Running the board and taking the win. Chewbacca number five. Ace. So so Chewie counts because he's organic. <laughs> right. But the droids don't count. That's a shame. And it, so they, in this world they, where, where Luke would go like, hello, old friend to R2-D2, that means nothing. Uh, and, of course, a character that we only see, what, total... Five, six minutes in the entire film is the number two answer. <laughs> so, um, since we're, we talk Star Trek and Xenomorphs on this show, I mean, wait, sorry, Star Wars on this show, what's the latest happenings with Star Wars in the toys and collectible world? There's a bunch of stuff going on. So, I think the, the most current thing happening right now is that uh, we're headed towards Father's Day. So lots of folks are going to be rolling out the various promotions and whatnot. And Target is doing, they, they've been doing Star Wars for Father's Day for a number of years. Um, they, uh, I know that was where they went first to market with the retro collection from Hasbro. This year, the big Father's Day push is the film 50th anniversary collection. Six-inch Black Series figures in Clone Wars um, style packages. Right. And uh, there's four of those. Um, Those are uh, officially part of the Father's Day promotion, but they have been getting out there at stores early, as has been the, the kind of the case here. Um, we always hear about folks getting stuff early, the scalpers out there, all that good stuff. You know, it's a thing. Um, oh, as we're recording, stuff was being released yesterday, being Tuesday the 18th. Yes. 
That is uh, the these figures too are also um, they're they're shipped a little bit different. So these are are full case packs per figure, um, and there have been reports to some unsavory characters trying to pick up full cases. So if you get an Anakin or an Obi Wan, it's a full case of like six of just that character. So those are getting out there. Um, of course, they're part of a bigger year long um, Lucasfilm first 50 years right. celebratory line of figures. So um, there's a lot of exclusives. There's stuff. Pretty much every major retailer has something tied in there. And then they're running it across the black series and into the vintage collection. And then of course uh, this, the, the other weird thing is there, there's a retro collection again, but the Mandalorian ones. And we discussed this the last time I was on the show because it was that uh, if they were canceling the Cara Dune retro figure because they had uh, cut it out of the vintage collection and the Black Series. Well, the retro right, one right. is out there, but there's a lot of confusion on whether on a street date for these retro figures, which is pretty ridiculous because I actually I have two of them. I've got Grief Karga and I've got Moff Gideon, and I found those uh, just hanging on the pegs. But at the same time, the um, Amazon, I, I actually placed an order, what was that, like last October when they were announced. And Amazon is still saying that it's a July 1st street date. Yeah. And then you've yeah. got uh, GameStop has different street dates for different characters. So it's very confusing and nobody seems to know why. And see, you and I had chatted through text message. I have, I have grief and quill. And I picked up the last, and they were the last two on the pegs at Target. I picked them up and I thought there was some other guy ahead of me who was going to grab him because he was talking about how, oh, yeah, I can't even find the gold stormtrooper. I'm like, uh, he's been out for a while. <laughs> there was plethora of them. If you couldn't find them, that's your fault. So I picked up these two at Target. Well, just the other day, I picked up two more. I picked up another Grief and another Quill at Walmart, which I was surprised to see them at Walmart because I thought these were a Target only. No, they, this wave of retro is uh, everybody's stocking up. Okay. Best Buy, GameStop, the uh, the fan retailers like Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy right. Store. Everybody, the only the only retros that were originally a Target exclusive was like that first wave that was like Han and Lando and stuff. Gotcha. Um, that's going on like two years ago already, I think. But yeah. I had, yeah. I really wanted and never got out of that was that prototype Vader that was the multicolored kind of rainbow Vader that was supposed to look like that was, um, the prototype. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, Target. That was wasn't that also a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive? They did, well, they debuted it there, and I think they might have even done, I don't know if they did a six-inch version, but I, I know they debuted it at San Diego, um, but it was sold exclusively through Target. And I kept trying, it kept telling me on the app that it was in stock, and I kept missing it. But then, of course, now they're following it up, and there is a Boba Fett prototype figure for yeah. the retro collection yeah. coming out and that's going to be a target exclusive again. And I'm still going to try to get it. Um, see, even some of those, uh, you know, uh, once in a while in the business, you know, you get some product samples and stuff. Those uh, not really hard to, you know, they're a bit hard to come. I was not able to finagle one of those, which I would have loved to score, but, uh, the uh, the Boba Fett actually kind of might want the Boba Fett more than the Vader, but uh, I, I dig the correlation between the new and the old. Yeah, well, today I won an auction. 
on eBay for a Cara Dune Mandalorian retro. Yeah. And I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I paid eighteen fifty. I paid eighteen fifty eight with shipping. That's not bad. So right. less less than double yeah. my price less than double the price. Part of the problem is that scarcity is a myth with a lot of this stuff. It's like, it feels like you can't get it. It feels like they're all on eBay. It feels like somebody's hoarding them. But then because these companies never actually reveal numbers for specific toy releases, um, you don't realize how many tens of thousands of these things really exist. Right. Uh, and it's probably going to be a lot like, uh, you know, there's still people doing warehouse finds of toys from 30 years ago, um, sealed cases stashed somewhere. We're probably going to see that with a lot of the stuff that's out there now, which is very similar to how the uh, supply chain ends up working that. Oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. The scalpers have it. And then all of a sudden, a year later, it's at Ollie's. So yeah. that's a yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a thing. I mean, there's there's so many of them. And I don't know if we discussed it or not, but like right now, there's the, the global shipping problem where stuff is getting delayed um, on the barges, on the on the container ships coming over from overseas. Because we have not talked um, about they're, that. So they're they're fighting for space, which is it's a it's another pandemic ripple, which is that um, production was shut down for a lot of stuff. You know, last spring, spring of 2020. By the time manufacturing started back up again, there was pent up demand from customers, so everything started hitting. But then there was a surge where there were not enough containers and not enough boats and then once they get the stuff on the boats then there's no space at the ports particularly the port of la here in the u.s um so you've got these massive container ships that are just anchored off the west coast just waiting for a port space and then when they get the port space they need dock workers and trucks and storage and there's a ripple through everything right now and then yeah. throw the yeah. ultimate curveball into it um more container than lost at sea in the last uh eight ten months than uh probably the average for the last 10 years so wow. we're talking <laughs> thousands of and because they're stacking these ginormous vessels higher than they should and then mm-hmm. they they run into rough seas or a storm and they've got these 70 foot waves and these massive ships are getting tossed and turned and then Oh, we lost 2,000 containers. And then you got to figure out, okay, so that's 2,040-foot containers. What was in them? Um, And we do know, like, pretty much all of the major toy companies have been affected in some way. They've all lost product. Uh, A few have even lost or been told that they lost product. And then after the mangled-ass ship shows up at port, uh, and gets all counted it goes oh wait a second we found your container our bad and then it becomes a whole weird thing where it's like they've reordered the product an insurance claim has been filed already so then you're dealing with all this weird stuff and again ripple effect of COVID-19 created weird side effects throughout all of global business that no one could have expected and then it trickles down to Wow, I'd really like to get that Greedo figure that I can't find, and uh, you know that's how that's how the state of the world around us ends up translating to 
I like Star Wars and I would like to buy some action figures, but they're empty on the pegs. So was it all scalpers or is there a 40 foot container of Boba Fett at the bottom of the Pacific? It's probably both. Well, th- probably. For, for me, what's frustrating is Target up until May 1st or actually through May 4th had listed on their site, the Mandalorian retro collection pre-order it shows hey it's in stores but no you cannot order for it to be picked up at store you cannot have it shipped to the house you can't do any of that you have to go to the store and hope it's there one week i want to say after like may 5th may 6th was no longer listed on the website it's still not listed on the website i go and search walmart.com they're not listed on the website but yet i found four griefs one quill on the pegs they um so interestingly enough, with the with the store inventories, Walmart and Target, the most prime examples, you know they were attached to these third-party websites like BrickSeek. People were using that to try to track other products. Um, like if you had the Target DCPI number um, for grief and you entered it in on BrickSeek, it would at one point give you a potentially more accurate representation of if that product was in stock at a store within a set radius to your house. It was a lot of times it was more accurate than Target or Walmart itself Um, because they had so many problems with the launches of the new gaming consoles during the holiday season and people going, well, it says there's 10 PS fives stock here and fighting with employees. Unfortunately, Walmart and Target cut off certain categories from their APIs that these third-party services pull from. So now stuff like that, like action figures you might be looking for, other collectibles, um, not only are not going to show up on the third-party sites, in a lot of cases they are now not showing up on their own websites for that same very reason, because there is a unsavory portion of the collector community that <laughs> comes into these stores armed with data and uses it to fight with employees. And a lot of times, too, this stuff doesn't update in real time. So maybe they had five Din Djarin's an hour ago on their website, but maybe they actually sold them at 10 o'clock this morning to somebody that came in and bought the whole case. So um, because it doesn't update in real time, then they get some guy that comes in and is like, well, your website says it's in stock and wants to fight and accuse the employees of taking them and all this other stuff. So now these big retailers have just kind of said, you know what, we'll just take away the ability to check. Come into the store. See if it's here. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, I actually saw, similar to what you were describing with Target, um, non-Star Wars, but there's a uh, Masters of the Universe 2-pack I was actually into for myself uh, called Rise of Evil. It's uh, Skeletor, or Prince Keldor, and uh, then Cronus, who becomes Trapjaw. And uh, same same type of scenario. It's being sold exclusively through Target. It's a Mattel product Um, on the site. It was off the site. It was on the app. It was off the app. Um, Would would tell you they were in stock. Then they wouldn't be in stock. Would tell you your local store has it. Then they didn't. And then it had the notify me if it comes online order. And I would get the notification on my phone and immediately hit that, open the app, and go to add it to cart. It's sold out already. 
So how many thousands of people are getting that exact same notification right when you are and hitting that button? It's a lot like gambling. You know, you're trying to you're trying to hit the jackpot right then and there. Yeah, it, it just it seems frustrating. Yeah, definitely. You know, as you know, and as has been said, you know, part of it's shipping. Part of it is the scalpers. It, it, it's it's crazy nuts. I mean, I'm I'm seeing the same thing happen with people going into the parks and buying stuff out of Galaxy's Edge. Some are doing it because they are. Well, it, it's been known for a while. Disney has. You know, there are people who are professional shoppers for Disney and will go and for a slight upcharge, they will help you go because they're pass holders, go in and help get things from the parks that you're looking for. And with Galaxy's Edge, there's been a lot of that with lightsabers, droids, etc. Well, all of a sudden now there's it's turning into there are scalpers doing that. As soon as something like the Darksaber, that just came out at Galaxy's Edge. I, I don't know how to judge it because I haven't seen it in person, just the photos, but it's already sold out and it just dropped on Monday. And how many, what's the, what's the park capacity right now? Uh, a stu- studios, we are at 35%, or Walt Disney World, we're still at 35%. All right. So at 35% capacity, you're still selling out of the product people want. And then is that product on eBay? Have you checked? I have not checked. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to see what they've got going on here. So that's the uh, Disney Parts Darksaber. Oh, well, here you go. This is uh, this one right here. The first thing that pulls up when I look for this says Legacy Darksaber, Disney Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, in hand, new, released today. $398 or best of Wow. What do these sell for at your parks? Uh, they're one ninety nine. Okay, so they're trying to double their money yep. or come close to it. Um, um, okay, so I searched. I went. I went a different route. I went Galaxy's Edge Dark Saber. Um, and then I changed price plus shipping, highest to lowest. Highest price is eight ninety five. Hmm. Uh, and then from there, the next one apparently has sold thirteen of them at that price. This guy have have bought fourteen. So I actually I can I can tell you I actually have some data that um, I don't believe is actually out there publicly yet, but I have it because I'm working on a feature for the toy book when I, I had a chance to speak with reps from eBay. So in 2020, from March to December, because collecting really took off last year while people were at home and they had money to spend. The quantity of Star Wars items sold on eBay between March and December of last year increased by 70%. In 2020 as a whole, there were four Star Wars items sold every minute on eBay. Wow. And Star Wars was also, uh, when it comes to toys, it was the um, it was one of the uh, one of the top ten on top selling and on uh, top collectible searches. Wow, it's interesting how it's all gone in waves too. Because if you think about it, Star Wars collecting in the secondary market has sort of gone in like ebbs and flows. Right. And so have like sports cards and trading cards. Like think about the '90s, there was like the big bust in all of this stuff and now it's back people are collecting mm-hmm. star wars again people are collecting trading cards again people are, are in the memorabilia um pandemic really like uh reignited that blame for a lot of people of uh connecting with the stuff that makes them feel good and star wars of course is 
a massive part of that. Right. Now, I, I'm going to ask this question. What, was it wrong of me when I bought the second Grief and Quill that the first thing I did when I got home is I let them breathe and they're sitting on a display shelf bookcasing my Republic Commando Scorch? No. Okay. <laughs> why why, wouldn't why would that be wrong? <laughs> That's the thing. Even my kids know that, like, okay, the vintage toys, I, I, have a, I have a couple examples in my house of vintage toys from the 70s and 80s that, that I bought over the years or was gifted. Like, my wife, and then in the 90s, a couple times, she, she had bought me um, some vintage carded Kenner from Brian's Toys. Brian's Toys used to be the place if you yeah. wanted that stuff. Yeah. Um, so she had bought me a few of those and I've got them and they're up on a really high shelf and the kids understand like, you know, those are 40 years old. They're kind of like a museum piece, but this stuff right now, eh, you know, it looks cool. It's pushing the warm and fuzzy buttons for all of us because it looks like that stuff from back in the day. But hey, you got two of them. Open it. You got one of them. You want to play with it? Open it. Um, even if you, if you want to, best of both worlds. Take a razor blade and do it real neat, and pull them out and play with them, and then put them back in there um, and set them up. There's uh, nothing wrong with that. I I always think that's really funny in the collector groups now, where it's it's moved it's moved from the I'm buying one to open and one to display to people that are like, well, I do one to open, one to display, and one for a possible trade, and another one to uh, you know hold on to that's you know whatever blah blah blah. One to open, one to one to one to display, one to be loose, one to trade, and five to sell at jacked up prices. And uh, but hey, I traded one, so I'm okay with that. The most beautiful example is that 2015 Saturday Night Live sketch where it's like the the guys on the Force Awakens toys. If you guys yeah. haven't seen that, you gotta see it. Where it's like. You know, just put them in the box, put them on the shelf, never play with them. Um, and, <laughs> and one of the guys, it's Kyle Mooney, actually, even does the thing where he's like, I have one to display and one in the box or whatever. He might even have three. But, yeah, I see the justification all of the time. And um, people get in the fights over army building. Army building has been a part of Star Wars collecting. Oh, yeah. Since the beginning of time. I mean, if you're going to can't have one stormtrooper, you're going to have a bunch of them. So somebody will post a picture like, oh, I found five of these and bought it. And then people are like, oh, you're a scalper, but not a scalper. The guy's going to open them and put them in his diorama. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've really come to a weird, weird spot where people are beating people up for how they collect things. Um, but I've, yeah. I've always been of the opener mentality. Um, there's a few things like I'm still I'm still a little bit torn. I've got the I have the black series um, Greedo that just came out that looks like the Kenner one oh. from back in the day. Um, but I and I actually have him next to my desk. But I'm so now I'm actually torn on this one because I'll, I'll probably not find another one, right? But then I have the vintage one, so I've got them <laughs> just kind of sitting here right now. But then I kind of want to open him up and like. Uh, do some weird father and son thing or something. You know, I don't know. See, um, see. That, that's where I that's where I am with with the bounty hunt with the ESB bounty hunters. I want to get that set from Amazon because it, it's a it's it's a reproduction in Black Series yeah. of the Star Wars Celebration exclusives from Celebration Five, which I have, and they're still sealed in their packaging just because for me it's a Celebration exclusive. But I also want to. 
get the actual figures without the backing boards and the, the retros so I could do a display of here's the different stages of the figures. And for Zuckus and Forlom, hey, it's going to be the, the 40th anniversary and the exclusive because that's what they were. Yeah. the see, uh, see. I get corn on like, say you're going to do that, but then you like miss one of them or whatever. So it's, they're doing that. <laughs> they're doing that Kenner, that Kenner color scheme on the Black Series exclusives. But then they put them on those retro cards like that, too. And it, that's where I really that that is the spot, though, where I get into the like, mm, do I open it or is the entire thing a piece of this art? Because it's homaging something else. Right. Like I I have from and I can't remember now if it was because everything's blurring together. It was either from Star Wars Celebration or from San Diego two years ago. There was a six inch Black Series Boba Fett on a Star Wars card, which um never emulated, um it did happen in real life it in real life that the original boba fett that came out was on a star wars card the 3.75 but black series they did one as an exclusive like two years ago um i have it but then i'm like i'm never gonna open this one because it looks looks like that thing i wish i still had from 40 years ago and in that case because it's homaging that kenner thing and the weirdness that it came out on a star wars card not an empire card you're automatically sort of like well if i do open this boba fett it's just another one multitude of boba fett's everybody has right. 50 boba fett's it's just another boba fett but on this particular display piece he's something else right that's where that's where it crosses over and it's in those those same factors too with the ones you were talking about with like Forlam and Zuckus and and the rest of the owners. Actually, maybe that was it. Maybe maybe that Boba Fett was the first one of those. May have been. Because I know um they have not Bosk has been either in a box or on an archive card. Uh IG eighty eight's been the same way. And I think Dengar has only been in a box, if I remember right. I know Zuckus and Forlom have been in both the box, have been in the boxes, which if I was to get them loose, yeah, you know, I would get the boxes for the loose, but you know, I would still want to get that anniversary set because it's, I, I have the, the baby version from Celebration. But what, what you're talking about, I have um, the ADAT driver, 40th anniversary Empire Strikes Back vintage card Black Series. I end up buying two. I have the card because I'm a huge Adat fan and Adat driver fan. Uh, and then I bought a second one just so I could have them loose up on display. All right. So I had to, I had to double check my own freaking article about this thing from <laughs> 2019. But yeah, it was it was San Diego. It was 2019. It was Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary with the hologram on it. Yep. But it was the Boba Fett was the first one in the toy colors. So it was the six inch six inch black series, okay. but in the old inner color scheme. Yeah. So yeah. so when it comes to the six inch bounty hunters, they've done Boba Fett, they did four and Zuckus. Did they do any of the other ones in those colors yet? No, no. So what do we need? IG eighty eight and boss? I don't think I don't think they have done any outside of Boba Fett, they have not done any of the other bounty hunters 
in the six inch Kenner style. Yeah, I think they I think they did a six inch boss, but yeah, movie style, definitely not. Yeah, it's Kenner. movie it's movie style. And the and the sad part so is we're, I was gonna say we're getting close to announcements for summer convention season. We might be telling the future here. This might be a crystal ball moment. Well I I've been lo- okay, so retro. That's the uh three and three quarter inch. See, here's the other thing that's gotten me. I used I used to be able to rely on rebelscum.com for their photo archive, and they are so far behind. A 40th anniversary packaging. That is... Yeah, Rebelscum is like one of the OG Star Wars collector yeah. sites. I, mean, I used to go in like, you know, 1999. Oh, I'm looking for Phantom Menace info. So 40th anniversary packaging, all they have is for New Hope. Interesting. Other than that, they go from, and that was 2017, then they go to 2019 uh, archive packaging. There's Boba Fett, but it's the archive. Bosk, IG-88, which for me, if it's the archive packaging, I have no problems pulling those off the package and putting them up on the wall. That's what I did with the uh, Imperial Hover Tank driver. I found one of those on sale at Walmart. It was the 50th anniversary one. I wanted the, uh, I wanted the actual Hover Tank when... Five Below was getting them for 10 bucks. I could never I, find them. I never saw them. <laughs> I never saw them. I keep, I, that's another one too. People basically like did fleet building on those hover tanks. I've seen like a couple dioramas where guys have yeah. like, oh, those hover tanks. And it's like, oh, they paid 10 bucks a piece. More power to them. Those things are awesome. I mean, I scored a, um, mm. I scored a, Vintage collection TIE fighter at Walmart that somebody must have returned it because it was not in that clearance aisle. And then all of a sudden it was in the clearance aisle like two years after that thing was out. And I picked that up, you know, um, opened it up. It's a good chip. All those vintage collection ones are. But I do think they're a little bit fragile. We we got a couple of years ago. It was the uh, the last Jedi A-Wing from five below for five bucks. And I almost wish I picked up more. I went back to try and get some more and it just never happened. But, um, so what, what do you think we're playing or the Clone Wars stuff just came out again? It seems like this is going to be one of those. We're going to see it for a few days and then there's going to be nothing in the stores for a while. What comes next? Now I have seen some of the bad batch stuff, uh, I've seen the elite stormtrooper. I've seen Crosshair and Hunter, but yep. I saw them at Disney Hollywood Studios. I have not seen them in the wild. Yeah, so they're starting to make their way out there, but they're not going to all be available at the same time. So the the first two that are out right now, I, I think, are Crosshair and Hunter. Um, actually, Madeline on our on our crew, I believe, actually has those two. Um, but the rest of them aren't out yet. Um, so they're going to filter out over the next year, year and a half. They're, they're kind of following the Mandalorian plan with the Bad Batch merch. So we just saw some new reveals like that new Admiral, um, that was, that was on the latest episode as we're recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's going to be in there, and then the little girl Omega, she's got a figure, but we're not going to see those until spring of 2022. So we will probably start seeing more announcements um, as the show unfolds. And, of course, we've got about another another month or so left on that um, and uh, sort of go from there on it. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely doing the spoiler-free rollout deal. Um, so we'll see that. There's going to be more vintage collection. There's going to be more black series. Um, 
a bunch of more code names have popped up recently, which they do for retailers. They're they're really vague about this stuff now, where they assign all of the product, all of the Star Wars and Marvel products. Hasbro assigns code names to it, so you don't know what characters are coming out officially until they're revealed. Sometimes there's leaks where they can kind of match them up, but there's a lot of stuff coming out in the next eight, nine months. I mean, even by the holidays, there's a lot more stuff coming out. Uh, We just don't necessarily know what the characters are. And then there were a bunch of reveals on the, uh, the, the fan first Friday deal, which I think was a Tuesday this time around for May 4th. And then the recent uh, Hasbro Pulse fan fest, which I took part in. That was, um, that was another one where they, they rolled out some reveals and, some of the kind of down the road stuff they call pipeline where it's like it's in development, but they don't necessarily have a date, but we're going to start seeing all of those reveals coming up that would be for the events that are take place or would normally take place your San Diego and New York and stuff. Um, I think a lot of people forget big a presence Hasbro has traditionally had at San Diego and New York comic-con specifically They've done big panels at both of those events um for the past couple of years so we'll see that um some of the other players still uh stand strong you know your sideshows and um gentle giant which is under diamond select now they're still rolling out little statues and things um and then of course towards the end of the year we're gonna have a whole book of boba fett deal coming out yep, and yep. all of these spin-off mm-hmm. series that we don't have formal release dates yet every single one of these andor obi-wan kenobi uh mandalorian season three they're all going to have product tied to them um so there's a lot there's a lot of star wars left to come and you know i threw out that number earlier where i said that the folks at ebay said that their sales spiked 70 percent on star wars um when hasbro did their uh earnings their earnings call um not too long ago one of the things that was pointed out on there as well is that hasbro directly their star wars sales have also increased 70 percent. it's interesting that the the number was the same um so there are still kids getting into this it might not necessarily seem like that but there are parents still buying these things for their kids you know mission fleet is out there there's a new line of lightsabers that look like characters. I don't know if you guys have seen those where it's like a, a Luke Skywalker handle with like his head on it. And then you've got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out there. Um, that's something cheap and simple. Mom, I want this new toy. You know, little kids are still digging that. Um, and then all of the other stuff, too, that um, filters out the, the amount of people that buy the Black Series premium collections, the helmets and the uh, lightsabers and all of that stuff. That's actually a really high dollar amount, and it adds up very quickly for them. So um, to have it be like, as, as they used to say, a non-movie year, and have sales increases is actually pretty damn impressive. Um, and then you wonder too, like how many how many people now that we don't see as much on the pegs anymore are just going to like the entertainment earths where you can just buy cases of this stuff. You never know. And yeah. sometimes you see yeah. even on on Instagram, even some of these smaller upstart collectibles retailers, you'll see them post like a pallet or two of new Star Wars that roll in and. You know, that's a lot of figures right there. 
Yeah, I I have come close to uh, wanting to order off of Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store or one of those. Just because I know it's going to be easier for me to find that stuff there than it is to, to go elsewhere. Yep. And actually, Entertainment Earth is an interesting story. They, they started 25 years ago specifically so the two brothers that own the place could get their hands on the Kenner Power of the Force figures that were coming out in the 90s <laughs> because there was no good place to buy them. And at the time, Internet retail was a relatively new thing. Um, I ended up for the um, was the I think it was the San Diego Comic-Con 2019 issue with the Pop Insider. I actually wrote a profile on them and their their business. And that that was where it started. They, they were pounding the pavement of like, OK, how do we open a retail contract with Hasbro? To get these Kenner Power of the Force figures, you know, Buff Luke and all that stuff that was coming out. They wanted all of that action. Um, and they were able to do it. And all these years later, they, they've got a multi-million dollar enterprise. And in a lot of cases, too, they've actually saved a lot of Star Wars releases that would have been buried elsewhere. Like when Toys R Us went belly up and there were a bunch of pending exclusives that were already ordered and in the supply chain and stuff that already had the, the Toys R Us logo sticker slapped on them. Um, same thing with the Marvel stuff. I remember from, from Hasbro had the, had the Toys R Us labels on it. And uh, where was it going to go? Entertainment Earth ended up swooping in and buying it and getting it out there. So different, uh, different companies like um, sort of fill the gap and play a role. Yeah. yeah. So are you guys watching the Bad Batch? We are. I'm loving the yeah. Bad Batch. I am too. Yeah, it's been um, great so far. I I'm just <clears throat> debating because okay, one it, it doesn't seem probably doesn't seem fair, but I could I could get the Bad Batch figures at a discount if I get them at the parks. <laughs> I'm debating whether I actually want to get the squad or not. I I get really torn because I still have a soft spot for three point seven five. Any yeah. too any perfect right. world, the figures would still be that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're also, you know, we, we talked about the weird thing with inflation and the shipping channels earlier and stuff, too. You will see on the Hasbro Star Wars figures, there is a price increase right now, too, where you'll see that the vintage collection oh, yeah. has gone from twelve ninety nine to 13 or fourteen ninety nine. And the 1999 Black Series is bumped up to like twenty one, twenty two ninety nine. Um there's a there's a, a value perception, I guess, too. And it's like, you know, if they were all coming out in three, seven, five, maybe jump on it. But they're not even announced in that scale yet at all. Any of them. So we're probably looking at minimum, even even if they start announcing them now, two years before you'd have the whole squad in that scale. But at the same time, if you start going now on six inch, you know that by next spring, your squad is complete. Yeah. So kind of pushes you towards the six inch, but then at the six inch value proposition, six inch at twenty two ninety nine sort of seems like a better deal than three seven five at fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, when you figure in the, the detail and all the other stuff that goes in it. Um, but I, I think I think the Bad Batch is surprising because it's so much darker than I think anyone expected, especially the <laughs> cross 
arc currently. Right. Um, the whole good soldiers follow orders uh, protocol that he's following. Well, I, right. I've talked about it. I, I think I talked about it here. Uh, something that I'm looking at doing. And at first I didn't think it was going to be possible, uh, especially when we had uh, Molly on the show, uh, who she was one of the stunt people, little people, stunt people who did the Jawas in Mandalorian in season one. Um, I want to create a shelf, get a shelf and put on that shelf all the figures. And I want to go three and three quarter inch because of just size and weight of all the different guests that we've had on the show. Well, with the announcement that, hey, we're going to get a vintage collection off-world Jawa, three and three quarter inch. Boom. Well, I've got the six inch or the Black Series variant. Okay, now I can do the actual three and three quarter inch. We've had Emily Swallow, who was the armor. The armor. That's available in the three and three quarter inch, even though I can't find her anywhere. No, I can't find it either. Um, Um, I have all the other ones. I can't find her. I can't find her and I can't (laughs) find uh, Gideon on the vintage collection at a reasonable price. um, According to what I'm looking at on... uh, on Yak Face, I don't think Gideon's out yet. Yeah, they're, he's in they're, the last I, I see wave, wave three repaint February. And there's no Mando figures. Wave two, um, you got the child in grief. Wave five's got IG eleven. So unless unless he was unless he was last year. Which End he of may last have been. year. Actually, yeah. still, there's yeah. still somebody selling him through um through Amazon third party right now for 25 bucks. Um and in in this case too it's like you know I'm with, in, in that particular sense I'm going to open that figure when I get it because um I'm sort of angling towards getting a a full 3.75 vintage collection run of the Mando figures because I have a Razor Crest coming. So um, this is the first time I've ever taken part in such a thing. Um, so, uh, you gotta have them to go with it. So that's why I'm, I'll end up having to get him in the armor, probably paying double for it like that. I have, uh, my brother got for me. I don't know if they're, uh, vintage or from the Kenner original line or if they're from the power of the force line uh but they're like plates tan plates that you could have put a cardboard foldable background on are you familiar with what i'm talking about i've seen a ton of plates but i don't remember anything with like a cardboard background like that uh i'm gonna be stupid and see if it is on um rebel scum so i want to say it was kenner stands and accessories Display stands, mail in. Uh, without having to go out to the other room to go get them, I'm not going to waste the time. Kenner, tan. Here we go. This is one of them. And it's on eBay, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to drop this. I, got all I actually just happened to look here. The Armorer Vintage Collection in Amazon, 3.75, 12.99. Prime free delivery, but it says usually ships in one to two months. Yeah, <laughs> one to two months. So, so there, there's a link. There's a link to an image I found on Yahoo. I have like four of these plates. Link is not authorized by Yahoo. Forbidden. That's what I got. When I yeah. Yeah, me too. Give me a second. But now we're going to bore people. No, we're not. Because <laughs> what I want to yeah. do with, because I come find out these are from like 1981. They were from, they were like an arena plate is what they call it. Interesting. Um, My brother found four of them somewhere. I don't remember where he found them. 
So what I'm thinking about doing is getting some cardstock and printing. Um, there we go. Print, printing some images from the Mandalorian and put the vin- and put the vintage figures on that piece. Ah, those things. Uh, very similar to. Um, there was a display system going back a long ways now called Ultrarama that yeah. Rebels Gum actually used to used to promote very heavily. And um, I actually I actually have. Uh, I, I guess still have it actually. Ultram, I remember paying a fortune for them back in the time, and it you would also print a backdrop and throw it on there. And I actually used them up until a couple of years ago. My kids' rebels figures were displayed on those in my office. Um, so yeah, so this is this is pretty interesting here. What you're showing me, the arena display stand. Yeah, they are. Apparently, they were a mail away. Um, and I. Like I said, I, I have four of these. You can you can put them together and form a bigger set. But I want to use these as a as a display and put the put the Mando retro collection on them. That'd be very cool. There's actually um, a company too, a small company right now called Diorama Prints, and they have a uh, I don't know what the official name is for it, but it's essentially a street scene printed out cardboard diorama like that. Uh, a street scene from the seasons of Mando so diorama prints. That's worth looking into. You probably uh-huh. even use those prints with those action stands with those display arena stands. Um, Cause as we're discussing this now, I'm looking at the display arena here and the, the different mail away offers for those. Uh, they've got a it on online here. There's quite a few, quite a few pictures. There's even a, a commercial for those display arena things you just told us about. Mm-hmm. Um, where it shows the guy pimping them and telling you how to get them. But um, on uh, Diorama Prints, I, and now i got to see the exact name and, of this thing. So and each one had uh, each arena. Uh, this is off the back of a card. And I don't remember these on the back of a I card. I don't either. I don't see them. I remember all the other mail-aways. Um, uh, so dis- Diorama uh, Prints actually just calls this Space Town. But it is distinctly <laughs> the, the Mando uh, spot. Okay, you said the name of that site again was Diorama Prince.com. and Space Town is your uh, definitive one hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's Mando's uh, stomping grounds. Uh, diorama also reminds me a little bit of the the ones that Hasbro put out in the nineties. They did that pop up cantina, and they did the yep. pop up Justice. Yep. Oh yeah, I remember that. I have the. Uh... I had the power of the force one that came with the sand, yep. came with the sand trooper, and I think a small probe droid or a little, yeah. the little, right. yeah, I have that. Um, so I mean, easily I could do that, put that up, and, and put the Mando crew in the cantina since they were in the cantina. Yes, you could. Oh, they have starship court. They have spaceship corridors, so I could do that. Now, I have the Empire Strikes Back Star Destroyer, which I'm doing the, I'm I'm trying to find all the figures so I could do the uh, bounty hunter scene in it. Um, But I, but I have some other retros that I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, because I know with the retro figures, it's not going to hold the the newer figures because the the holes are, are different size. And I almost wish they would make these plates Again, for the newer figures. With that that uh, tainted or that blockade runner hallway that they just came out with? Yeah. Maybe they're starting to angle a little bit towards that way. 
But again, that's a weird thing too because that's a three point seven five playset, but there's so much uh, emphasis put on the six inch. And then right. on the diorama, you sort of go down this rabbit hole that we have now fallen into. Uh, there's another company called GTP Toys that was making an unlicensed product called Space Walls for a couple of years, and <laughs> they got a license to do officially licensed Star Wars which I believe might have even been in collaboration with Hasbro, that was uh, inked two years ago. I actually knew one of the people involved with getting that deal signed for them. Um, it's taken all this time. They just started within the last week or so posting prototypes of their officially licensed Star Wars dioramas. Um, so there's some stuff coming out. I mean, we're going to see a lot of toy photographers going to town with all of these new dioramas here very, very soon. Uh, it looks like they're the ones who actually did the molds and everything for Hasbro for the Tanta 4. Because I'm, look, I'm looking on JT, uh, the GTP Toys website, and they're showing the Tanta 4 Blockade Runner 1 and 1 and 1. One twelfth display set. This looks like what Hasbro's doing. Uh, yep, got, I'm looking at their Facebook right now from GTP. It says the first shots plastic that was supposed to arrive in late December. And they've got the modular stuff with the uh, the lighting and things. Yeah, because I, I I love the first picture on their website, which is the Death Star Death Star corridors. Say so, yes. Yeah, which is what yes. they started with. They started they started with the uh, the Death Star corridors, and it was all unlicensed. You know, just fan creations. Um, and then they started doing this. So, yeah. So what you're looking at here and this Tantive 4, this is a 112th scale. So this is 6 inch. So ah, the one okay. the one that Hasbro is selling is can't really talk about it would be one eighteenth scale, which would be for your three point seven five figures. Right. Um so different scale and this one actually looks significantly more detailed um because it's got the uh stuff in here. A hundred look at this, a hundred static and blinking LEDs. Wow uh, loaded wow. with tiny wow. details and accuracy that only comes from access to the Lucasfilm source materials. Yeah, the uh, the the fifty dollar or whatever uh, Hasbro one's not, not going to do that for you. Oh, <laughs> but but this is uh, this is pretty impressive that this exists, and it's probably also one of one of the few examples of a company that started off as a fan base product and went legit. You know, they actually were able to acquire the license, uh, and it right. was not. A, uh, um, I can tell you the Star Wars license is not cheap. No. Um, so it's notoriously hot. Well, I thank you for turning me on to Diorama Prints because there's a couple of things there that uh, even the even some of the hallway stuff or, or the armories would be great for some of the other figure sets that may want this. Yep. May- yeah. Um, and kind of on that same note, too. So Diorama Prints followed another company called Freddy Sets. Have you ever seen those? Uh-uh. Um, ready sets. It's just ready. And then sets with a Z at the end. Um, they sort of innovated these heavy duty pop-up cardboard play sets a couple years ago. And I, I was really on a, on a big uh, binge with them for a while where like all the toy pictures I was taking myself, I was pretty much using their sets for a backdrop um, to the point where at one point they went to launch a, uh, a space station set and it was it was before i even had my job at toy book and pop insider 
Um, I did a freelance gig for them where I took some product shots just because they needed um, some shots on a tight turnaround. So I did them for them. But that was ready sets. And uh, last I heard, they were going to be doing like a military style base, almost for like yeah. G.I. Joe's. And yeah. then they're going to do like a haunted mansion. Um, you, you can, but, uh, there is a haunted mansion. There is a pre-order and it's pre-order for one twelfth scale pre-order military outpost one eighteenth scale. Both of them 140 bucks. There you go. They've gone up a little bit since, uh, um, since back in the day. The, um, but yeah, I, I actually, I have, when I did the gig for them, I had the prototype version of their six inch scale space base. And I, it was the prototype and I had to, had to send it back when I was done with it. Um, but I have the, I, I since have the smaller version. I've got the Space Base 18, they call it, and I've got the uh, Urban playset, the six-inch scale. Actually, I've got, now that I think about it, I've got both of those. I've got the Urban, the new Urban, the Urban 2.0, and I've got the original um, version. And those are a ton of fun because my kids actually had a, a bunch of fun playing with them because they were designed, again, we kind of go down these weird rabbit holes, but... Uh, when this company came out, it was like the idea of like a dad that was trying to make a play set that didn't take up a huge footprint in their small yeah, house. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we had all those cardboard play sets in the eighties. How could you do something like that? But super heavy duty where it's got like a, a framework to it that would fold up flat and you could shove it under a couch or in a closet and it's not taking up like, you know, my daughter's got like one of those Barbie dream houses that's like four feet tall by three and a half feet wide by whatever. Add the slide in and it's two and a half feet deep. It's, it's a lot of square footage, you know, so it was kind of angling for that. But then these folks fell into the whole business of toy photography that they didn't know existed when they put out those things. They, they were hoping just to attract other space challenged parents and it became like a whole different thing, but it's cool to see them slowly growing their business. Um, it's, it's taken them a number of years. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is great. I didn't even realize about half of this, which is why I love talking with you guys. Cause this, this now 100%. just, this just cost me more money. <laughs> Yeah, I I posted about the I posted on toybook.com about the pre-orders for this military set um sometime last year actually. Um but yeah, it uh it's fun. Yeah. There's, there's so much cool stuff out there. And even though these sets are cardboard, they they have a high enough quality image that you can take some photos that look really really real when you mess with the perspective and and there's certainly there's there's guys out there now like Mitchell Wu for example that are like professional toy photographers that work for all the big toy makers now and they do these elaborate shoots and you'll see some of this stuff but hobbyist toy photographers are doing some really impressive stuff and I mean I've been able to make some I'm far from what I would call a pro on the toy photography but like just with my iPhone um I took some shots recently with diorama prints. They had kind of like a uh, almost looked like a medieval times type of thing. And I had gotten one of those and I used it for a, a He-Man backdrop. And I did like He-Man versus Skeletor. And it's like, there's like a stone wall behind them with like an ax on it and stuff. And it just looks really cool. And, but all it is is, you know, thing printed on cardboard. Yeah. But very dynamic. 
See, I, I'm looking at doing the same thing because um, I, ha- I have some good shots from when the parks were closed that people got of Galaxy's Edge. And with some of the Galaxy Edge six-inch figures I have, I want to do a nice little display with that in the background and all of them up in the front. So, I mean, I've got all these crazy ideas between, you know, the Mando retro, some of the other retros that I want to get, the the six-inch figure, or the uh, three-and-three-quarter-inch guest shelf, because we've had Neil Ross on, so I want Shipwreck. We've had Phil Lamar, and I want Samurai Jack and a, and a Green Lantern, John Stewart Green Lantern. Um you know, I want the armor from Emily. We've had Mike Quinn, who was Neem Num, get you know, get both the you know different variations of Neem Num on the shelf. You know, I want to be able to have you know these are people who have played characters, I who have action figures. I want that action figure, and I want to create the the shelf of here's my history of guests who have been action figures. I date, but, cool. and I think that would be very cool. So. Uh, Derek, I know you've been somewhat quiet tonight, which is unusual when James is on. You have any final questions? Uh, no, I don't think so. I guess my I've just been taking it all in. I guess my final question is where do we go from here and what do we pl- what should we plan to expect when it comes to trying to go on the hunt to find the figures? Um, if you're of the mindset of many of the other folks that I see that hunt regularly, uh, look forward to disappointment and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that you're not finding what you want. Um, I think that things are going to become more plentiful as the months go on, especially after this shipping issue kind of writes itself. Um, so that's a good thing. I think we're going to see a lot more product roll out towards the end of the year because um, there's still a lot of interest. Like if you see how Disney Plus is sort of doing a good job of continually refreshing, even though it seems like seems like, yeah, since Mando went off, you know, it's not as big with Star Wars on there. But they're constantly sprinkling out these new things that refresh deals like they, they put out some of the legacy stuff like the Ewok movies and yeah. um, some of the other yeah. animation. And then on I, Star I, Wars I, Day, they did. And if you guys haven't watched them, they're pretty awesome. They did the uh, thing, the ship fly throughs. And the, uh, oh, the yeah. biomes, oh, yeah. which is the planet flyovers. The biomes uh, is great. Yes. So there is constantly new content rolling out to keep people interested in the franchise. And we're to the point now, too, where, well, we're recording this in May, which May is always a multitude of Star Wars anniversaries. Like, I think this week is like the 22nd anniversary of what Phantom Menace or something or yeah I, I think would so be. yeah it's an yeah. anniversary of Phantom uh, Menace yeah. and um all of them Attack of the Clothes Revenge of the Sith <clears throat> Empire they all came out in May that's the thing they're always so there's always some kind of anniversary um there and then of course we're coming up on 525 so 525.77 is the date that Star Wars originally came out, May 25th. We're coming up on May 25th, 2021 here. So that's a good time for some potential reveals. So I would say more product and continually look for Disney to put new life in the Star Wars using Disney Plus as the platform because they are distinctly, and I think that's, I think that's 70% number with the Star Wars sales increases is, is a big part of this. Um, 
they're distinctly being able to correlate now sales of consumer products for Disney Princess to Disney Plus content and having it available for kids 24-7 because it used to be, you know, some of the movies were in the vault or you had to have them on DVD or they were all, now they're all in one place. So consistent sales of the core princess dolls is just a behemoth since Disney Plus came out. Um, not just for Hasbro, but also the internal um, the Disney Parks type of stuff that they've just they just did a big push uh, on Earth Day that they're putting them in eco-friendly packages yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Those core products, they're selling because kids are experiencing this content now at their leisure and Star Wars is starting to benefit from that. Marvel is starting to benefit from that. So we're seeing now like they just did a whole Infinity Saga merch push this month yeah. they're they're you yeah. know you can more crudely say they're finding new ways to milk the cow but <laughs> really it's it's just a matter of keeping these brands now that they've invested so much in in front of the public and keeping them excited and they're using that digital content to become these new merchandising opportunities and experiences and stuff so um, there's, there's going to be a lot coming. Um, we're just having to see, I, there's, there's probably just on action figures alone. There's probably 50 figures in the pipeline with code names right now. Yeah. That'll be out. By yeah. the, um, so if you want stuff that's out there, just a matter of where you're going to find it and how much you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had searched eBay earlier tonight for some of the other Mando retro figures, and a lot of them looks like I could get fairly inexpensive. It's just when I go to try and get it's I'm now debating, do I go for the two, keep a set carded, keep a set loose, or do I just throw up the other two that are carded as trade bait and try and get the others and just do you actually open them up? do you actually ever have luck with, with trading with people? No. I, I've I've never pursued it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um I mean personally I I'd go for the one and call it a day. Um, Car is the only one I may go for a second one, just because of the nature of the history behind the actress and the character. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think it's entirely necessary. Polite and keep in mind, I I don't know if I've ever even shown this to you guys or told you about it or not. I went hardcore on Star Wars collecting personally from uh, whenever Power of the Force 2 came out, so like 95, up until when Attack of the Clones came out. I had an entire dedicated Star Wars room. I had two of everything. I I, I legitimately, I, I had it carded. I had it loose. Um, I had every single vehicle that came out. I did... 3.75, I did 12-inch, um, I did random oddities, occasional store displays. I was hardcore into it um, to the point where I really felt like collecting was in a day. Um, and I think it is for a lot of people. Um, eventually, I ended up selling off. Well, I stopped stopped collecting like that um, during Attack of the Clones. And then um, I didn't buy anything from Revenge of the Sith. And then eventually, in like the mid-2000s, I sold off. 95% of what I had. I kept a few vintage pieces and I kept all of the loose figures that I had and I kept any autographed figures that I had. Um, in retrospect, the only thing I'm like that I regret in any way getting rid of was the vehicles. And that was just because I, I had gotten all of those um, Hasbro vehicles that came out in that time span. And when my kids got into playing with Star Wars, which they're kind of like out of currently right now, it's all Five Nights at Freddy's and Cuphead and all this stuff going on. 
um, when they were into it, especially when Rebels was airing, it would be like, hey, Daddy, why don't we have a Y-Wing? And it's like, mm, I used to have like four of those, you know, <laughs> uh, or that type of stuff um, where I wish I would have had it. Um, all I had kept was uh, vehicle-wise at, from that era was uh, an AT-AT and a Millennium Falcon. Uh, but uh, uh, The two things I... Two things I wish I owned and never did as a kid. Yeah, see, what I I had them as a kid. I loved them. All of my childhood stuff got sold when my parents got divorced. It was a whole thing. Um, but so when those vehicles got reissued in the 90s, um, my wife had uh, had bought me the AT-AT and the Millennium Falcon. It's kind of like a replacement for those. Um, <laughs> so, so now I have those and now... Um, I will never part with those. But it is very interesting now to think that those toys are older now than vintage was when those came out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. that's the mind-boggling one. And somebody just somebody just told me the other day that this month it finally cleared it where Phantom Menace is now older today than Star Wars was when Phantom Menace came out. Hmm. And like it finally beat it. Oh wow. Just 8,000 and something days and this is the month that it that it cleared it. Wow. So Talk about multi-generational. Yeah. That is multi-generational. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You can follow me at The Rock Father on all of the social networks, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on TikTok, even though I don't use it very much. But all of those, also toybook.com, thepopinsider.com, and toyinsider.com. You get uh, all of the merch news and uh, toy business inside info that you possibly want. Um so that's that's where I'm at. I'm sort of uh, what's the saying? Everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And, and, I live inside and, your computer. As James said, for all those looking to go on that hunt to find those figures, you have this to look forward to. Uh, rejection. How I missed you. And on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! <laughs> this time you have gone too far.